It is great to connect with you as I'm recording. We are just a few days away from the month of Elul. While Elul is not the simplest part of my calendar year, I feel a special blessing during this time of year. Different people have different feelings about this month, but for me, there's a feeling of rebirth. We're about to read Re'e, the Parsha which begins by teaching us, Re'e anochi nosein lifnechem bracha uklala. Behold, I place before you blessing and curse. This is a new facet of Sefer Devarim, as the Torah begins to frame our lives in terms of a stark choice between blessing and curse. That this choice is in our hands is something for us to ponder during Elul. About a decade ago, I know of a Jewish day school principal, and he was a very put-together person, someone who really hustled to make a school great. And then one day I noticed he was out of a job, and after this happened, he did something very brave. He didn't look for another school admin position, but he instead opened his own business as a leadership consultant. I thought to myself, man, how is he going to make a living doing this? How will he start from scratch while supporting his family? In recent years, I followed him on social media, and then just this week, he shared his personal story on Facebook. It was enthralling. He described pouring his whole heart and soul into a head of school position and then one day needing to start all over again. Here's what he wrote. Thousands of miles away from where I grew up and where all my family and friends lived, I was entering a field I knew little about and had no reputation to speak of. Relocating my family to a small grungy house that had potential, because that's what I could afford. It was a dark time in my life. And here's the line that really got to me. But I promised myself then, he wrote, that I would never be beholden to others for my income. So I hung a shingle and I got to work. It wasn't an easy road by any stretch, but now eight years later, he's reestablished himself with significant success in his field. And what resonated with me about his story was the combination of two things. Number one, coming to that dark day. And number two, reaching a resolution about his life from that very point of darkness. When we think about the choice between blessing and curse, the idea seems to be that there's these two stark paths stretching out in front of us. One is laden with blessing and happiness, and the other is filled with curse and sadness. Which one do you want to take? But hold on a second. Is it really that simple? Isn't life more of a complex mix of positives and negatives, opportunities and challenges? The Torah frames it as if it's a simple choice, but that doesn't seem to be the reality. Why does the Torah present this as a black and white choice? There may be a deeper meaning to this choice, and in today's podcast, we're going to explore this choice between blessing and curse. Considering this Torah idea of blessing and curse more thoroughly, will be helpful in finding a new beginning for a month that holds a lot of promise. Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. If you're benefiting from the Torah Journey Podcast and would like to support our work, 
My congregation, Kesser Israel, is commissioning the writing of a new Sefer Torah. You can support us at any level in this historic project as we bring a new, beautiful Torah into our community. To donate or learn more, visit us at www.sefertorahpdx.com. That's www.sefertorah, followed by the letters PDX for Portland, dot com. As Devarim progresses, there is a new emerging theme. And perhaps the first time it's presented is in our Parsha, where the Torah says, anochi no bracha uklala. Behold, I place before you today blessing and curse. These words are a prelude to the first description of a ceremony the Jewish people were to perform upon entering Eretz Israel. Now in that ceremony, we're called upon to place the blessing upon Har Grizim and the curse upon Har Eval. Later on in Kitavo, the Torah describes how the Jewish people are commanded to write the words of the Mishnah Torah, a reference to Devarim, on stones, and build them as Be'ech, an altar, after which the tribes are split up and they face the two mountains, proclaiming blessing upon one and curse upon the other. So we have two mountains representing two destinies. The choice could not be more stark. The ceremony is ultimately performed by the Jewish people in Yahushua, Joshua, chapter 8. The blessing and curse theme continues in the end of Kitavo as the Torah presents this choice between blessing and curse as an actual bris, a covenant between God and Israel. In other words, blessing and curse are not merely two options in life. They embody the very path of free will itself, whereby we choose, both as a nation and as individuals, to cling to Hashem through the mitzvot, or become separate by forsaking God's commands. But there is more. In Re'eh and Kitavo, the choice is presented as an option between blessing and curse. But this covenant's renewed later in Nitzavim, and there the Torah takes the language to a new level. First, the Torah marks that the Torah is accessible. Lo b'shamayim v'lo me'ever hayam. The Torah is not in the heavens or on the other side of the sea that we should have to think to ourselves, who will take us up to the heavens so that we can hear the Torah? By the way, these verses were written in the days before Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Rather, the matter is very near unto you. It's in your mouth and in your heart to perform it. And finally, see I have placed before you I've placed before you the life and the good, the death and the evil, that which I command you to love Hashem your God and to walk in His ways and observe His mitzvos. I have placed life and death before you, blessing and curse, and you shall choose life so that you will live, you and your offspring, to love Hashem your God, to listen to His voice, and to cling unto him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Now we have taken this bris, this covenant, to a new level of clarity. The choice between blessing and curse might be mistaken for options between higher and lower quality of life. In fact, it's much more than that. God is life. Mitzvot which lead to blessing, are a mode for clinging to God. Forsaking mitzvot is the opposite. The Torah is teaching us 
that we have a choice between life itself and death itself. Now, the existence of free will is as clear as day from these verses. Free will is not merely about choosing to be ethical or moral, which are, of course, decisions of great importance. But rather, free will is a question of, are we choosing life or are we choosing death? I pondered this idea upon seeing my friend's Facebook post. Here he was this dark day. He had to face a very hard financial situation. He could have become bitter and chosen a, fourth, a form of death. And yet he did the opposite. In experiencing pain over the loss of his position, he discovered a key desire within himself. He sought to achieve an independence he previously lacked. He toiled and attained a new level of chayim, a new level of life that was previously mi'ever hayam on the other side of the sea. There's a certain paradigm in life where we can wake up and behold that God's blessing lies before us. In this vein, Rav Shimshon Rafal Hirsch discusses the two mountains of blessing and curse, Har Eval and Har Grizim. Rav Hirsch writes that these two terrains were nearby mountains, just across the road, so to speak. While Grizim was lush with green, Eval was barren and dry. These contrasting landscapes point to a deep reality in our own lives. There's two mountains from which we can choose to live on, two destinies to choose between. We can live on the lush Grisium or on the dry Aval, and they're just across the road from one another. That's a profound choice in life. But what's the meaning of this choice? Is it just a matter of being optimistic, abundance-minded, as they say? It does pay to be positive, but our Jewish thinking on this topic goes even deeper. The Ramchal of Moshe Chaim Lutzato in his Derech Hashem addresses the topic of free will. He explains that there are two sources of influence in the world. One is God's will acting upon the world, and the other is the force of human free will. God's will is straightforward. If the Almighty said, Yehi or, let there be light, that ignites a process whereby light is expressed in this world. So much in our world emanates from God's pure will. If mountains rise or waves crash in the sand, this is a result of God's will. But there's still another force of influence. Listen to the words of the Derech Hashem in Gate 1, Chapter 5. He writes, There is, however, one exception to this rule of God's determinism, and that includes all things that depend on man's free will. God willed that man should be able to choose freely between good and evil, and therefore made man absolutely independent in this respect. V'nasan lo koach lihios menia l'olam atzmo ulebriosav kafima sheyivchar bechavtso. Man was thus given the power to influence the world and its creatures in any manner his free will desires. Man is not only acted upon from on high, the Ramchal is teaching us, but man himself is an active agent. While there is a flow of life from on high, there's also another flow in the reverse direction. When we choose to see God and do good, we're choosing life. If we choose to see the blessing and serve Hashem, the earth beneath our feet may just begin to sprout. And that's the meaning of the Shema, which teaches us that if we hearken God's commands, 
Hashem will bestow renewed life upon us. And so this choice that we have between blessing and curse, life and death, is a very profound choice. We're an influential player in the world. When we choose God through the mitzvot, we are choosing to see the availability of blessing around us. That choice is a vital connection point that helps us bring life into our world. Perhaps the deepest thing that we desire is life. I'm reading a fascinating book titled In Order to Live. It's the story of a North North Korean girl's journey to freedom. Now, an underpinning of the book is that when the young heroine, Yeonmi Park, was in North Korea, she really did not know what freedom was. She only experienced the most minuscule tastes of freedom. She literally just wanted to survive and not die of starvation in North Korea as she was under threat with her family targeted by the government. In the long run, her desire for life led her on a long, excruciating, and ultimately a rewarding path towards freedom. There is nothing more basic to us than our desire to life. A key is that life is actually in our hands. And we start with the idea of seeing that blessing is a choice. To see blessing is a choice in life. And that choice is really what Elul is all about. Our tradition points to the letters of the Hebrew word of the month Elul, which comprise the verse, Ani l'dodi v'dodi li. I am unto my beloved, and my beloved is unto me. We're in a love relationship with God. The Torah commands us to love Hashem our God and to cling to Him. Ki hu chayecha Because He is our life and the length of our days. And this term, l'dav to cling to God, is reminiscent of the very first use of the word devekas, clinging, when Adam is told to leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. When you love a person deeply, you feel that they are your life, and so you cling to them for, for life. There's a parallel between the tangible love of human lovers and that between man and his creator, because we, of course, cling to God for life. In Elul, we awaken to this desire to cling to God in a love relationship. This means that we realize that God is the source of life. When we recognize our desire for life and just how accessible blessing is, then we start to take steps towards Hashem in our lives. And therein lies the potential for renewal and even new life, and even on the darkest of days. Consider this. What choice lies before you that's necessary for greater life this coming year? Perhaps there's some way you need to enhance your physical health or your financial independence. Or maybe you've been telling yourself that you need to start learning Torah daily, but you just haven't gotten started yet. Or perhaps you desire to truly speak to Hashem in your daily tefillah and ask God for life. This Elul, we need to get in touch with our yearning for life and consider on a practical level What does more life look like for me and my world this coming year? What's one small step that you can take forward in your journey for life? Perhaps it's looking for a new job or establishing a daily five-minute learning Seder or seeking to have deeper intention in one small section of davening, such as the modim, where we thank God for our life at the end of Shemona Esrei. Only you can choose your next step in life. And as we take these steps towards greater and richer life, remember, 
Kikarov elecha hadavar ma'od. The matter is extremely close to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart waiting for you to perform it on your path to greater life. It's been great to connect with you. I'd love to get more connected, so I want to invite you to follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Rabbi Ken Brodkin. Feel free to follow me and direct message me with any questions or feedback. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast. <laughs>